but how do we love God with our whole mind? And that's where we're at today. Any Good Times fans in here? Was it Good Times, Good Times? Like, I'm not dating myself. Like, my parents watch reruns of this, right? Like, I have no clue. Like, I had to ask the first service, because we have some seasoned veterans here in our first service, that, 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 that knew about this. And, and there was this character in Good Times, and he had this phrase, when he got excited about something, when something good happened, and maybe you've heard the phrase more than you know about the show, but he had this phrase called, dynamite, right? I'm losing my voice just saying that, right? How many of you guys have heard that part at least, right? Okay, okay, are you there? All right, so, so dynamite, and he would get so excited, and he would blurt out this phrase, and I don't know if you've ever played with dynamite or night, but it's exciting. <laughs> it is it, it is invigorating. It, 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 it has been something that has brought me joy in my life me, because I love like fire. I love the big bang. I love the boom. Fourth, fourth of July, I'm there. I'm like, ooh, ah, ah, I'm, I'm watching it all because in, in Luella, in the, in the tiny town that I did elementary, like I lived in my elementary ages, like there was this, this fireworks stand that was right out like on the highway and, and we'd ride our bikes out to it and we'd save up up all year round because there was this thing that would be sold to us. And we don't know if it was legal or illegal. They played it off as it was illegal. And it was these beautiful things called the M80. The M80. Little, little stick looked just like dynamite. had a little fuse on it. And you light it and it'd go boom. Like it would blow, seriously blow up. Like we tried like the, the whole like, like 70s Tupperware and stuff. Like, like the 80s Tupperware, all the colored matching thing looked like a sunburst on top. Like indestructible Tupperware. No, M80 took care of that. Like, like, like the buckets that my dad would have, like five gallon buckets left over from things. It would blow, the, uh, blow holes out of that. Um, it, it, it would blow holes in mailboxes. It would mess all kinds of... Don't ask me how I know these things, but it's not incriminating because it's been a long time since I was that age, right? And, and like crawdads, like blew them way out of the water. We bull, Big old bullfrogs. We would catch the big bullfrogs and go ribbit and we'd shove it in their mouth and light it and boom, you just run as fast as you can because you'd just be covered in guts and, and nastiness. Cats, it was a mate. I'm not going to go there. Um, but... But M80s actually are, were a real thing. It, it wasn't just a firecracker thing. It, it was actually a real thing. It was um, World War II surplus. Um, they used these. They would light them and they'd throw them and scare people. And it was little sticks of dynamite that they would use to blow things up. And they came back from World War II with a surplus of them. And they actually sold them off at firework stands <laughs> at that time. And then in like the, I think the 70s somewhere, um, I, it, it, they became illegal to sell. Now people make like fake ones and don't put a, as much as it's supposed to be in there. I, I, I truly don't know. I just knew they blew up stuff. And that's all I needed to know. And so M80s were my friend. And, and I bring that up because there's, there's this scripture that, that came to my mind when I, I was like, how am I going to talk about this? First, like I said, the heart, the soul, that was easy to talk about. But, but there was this scripture that came up when I began to think about the mind. And, and it's 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. And if you, if you don't have a Bible today, we have free Bibles. Like, so if you don't own a Bible, we've got free Bibles that you can have. There's an offering box back there in the back in the corner on one of these little spool thingies. And, and, and you can pick up one because we believe that everybody should own a Bible. If you own a smartphone, you already have one. It's free. It's called version. It's got like umpteen trillion different translations and different languages and all types of things, some great devotionals. You can even find Innovation Church's notes and stuff. So if you want to follow along with the scripture, take notes, you can do that right in there. Um, and so, so, but 
If, if not, there's this big karaoke screen that's right behind me. Like, like it's the one we were just singing to. Um, but all the notes and scriptures will be right up there as well. But the scripture I want to start with today is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, where it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Uh, and, and we see plenty of evidence of how the world wages war. But it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the, and the Greek word for that word power was the word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite, right? And, and, and so when, when, when I read this verse, that's what I think of, this divine power of God to demolish strongholds, like a stronghold, like a prison, like a fortified wall that's built around me. And that's what I get to when I think of my mind. When I think of the things that go through my mind, the thoughts, the different experiences that I've had, good, bad, ugly, all throughout my life, and, and, and I can think of many of times where I've failed, many of times where I've let people down. And, and the enemy has, has used that to build up what I've seen as strongholds in my life. Where I feel God telling me to do something, I'm like, well, I can't. I'm not, I'm not old enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. You know, I made this mistake last time, and I don't want to make that mistake again. And so I won't do that. I won't do what God's calling me to do. I won't do what others are asking me to do. I won't, I won't fulfill everything because I'm, I'm worried. And maybe you've been there too. Whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, whether it's failure, so many times... We get locked in our own prison of our mind and, and a prison that, that really isn't built up yesterday. It's, it's one that the enemy's done over time, right? If you ever laid out your timeline of your life and you said this and this and this and this and this and all of these things have happened, you could probably pinpoint and see where the enemy's been attacking you, where he's been building up this prison around you, where, where he's been saying, you know what, I, I want to entrap you. Wants to hold you back from being everything that God has called you to be. And, and what I found out is that a lie believed as a truth will affect you as if it's true. Right? If somebody like poisons like Brian's brownies that he loves so much, yeah, he, he, he would not eat that brownie just because he would believe that there's poison in that brownie, and so he wouldn't eat that brownie. A lie believed as a truth will affect you as if it's true. If you don't believe that you're qualified, if you don't believe that you're skilled, if you don't believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, you'll kind of shy back when Pastor Billy begins to talk about those things. Because our enemy can begin to shape our thinking one rock at a time and build up this prison of lies. Like, you can't trust that person. You can't trust anyone. They're all out to get you. And, and he, he worked through somebody and, 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 and got at you. And now there's bitterness. Now there's hurt. Now there's regret. Now there's resentment. Now there's anger. You, you won't succeed. You're, you're always going to be broke. You're always going to be broke is a joke, right? Never, you're never going to amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. You can't let them know your struggles. They're going to reject you. Why, why would you ever do anything like that? See, and, and so when I get to Mark 12, 30, when it says your heart, your soul, with your mind, that's, that's the part where I get the blockage. Like how, how can I love God with all my mind? And what I found is that loving God with our mind means that we've got to focus on his ways, not our ways, not the world's ways. That we're not going into battle. We're not even fighting our enemy with the way that this world does. I think of battles and different battles that have gone on throughout my mind, and 
I've, I've always been open and honest about a battle over lust. And you know, I thought, you know, as, 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 as probably many men do, is that if I get married, you know, then, then that battle's going to be won. It's not. It's still there. It was still something that I had to, had to, had to battle with as, a, as 21 years old. Walking around, still looking at women, still struggling with point and click. And just saying, God, I don't want this in my life. I, I, I don't need it in my life. God, take it away. I didn't want it to infect me any longer. I didn't want it to infect my marriage. I didn't want it to infect any more relationships or the future because I've seen way too many pastors. I knew the plans and, and the purpose and the calling that God had on my life, and I didn't want it to, to, to continue on. But still, I've known way too many pastors that sleep with their secretaries. So many hope, high-profile godly men that get caught up in a scandal because they, they keep the, a hidden secret, like an alley cat that only comes out when no one's looking. See, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. God knew the calling that he had for me. God knew the plans and the purpose that he had for me. And the, and the battle and the struggle with lust was something that I had to begin to, to demolish those arguments. This is something you need. This is something you've got to focus on. This is something you need to click on. This is something you, you, you just have to indulge in. Demolish every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I had a teacher by the name of Miss Lindley, and you guys have heard about her a few times. She was the teacher... That, that always believed in me, that always said that I was better than what I thought I was. She was the, the same teacher that, that once I got old enough, like you get old enough in, in high school to where you get to pick your classes. I thought that was awesome. And I thought, you know, I can pick all the easy classes, right? Anybody else like on that same page? Come on, come on. You, you, you're like, yeah, it's going to be easy senior year. And I, and I had planned that. Like, I had planned taking the easy classes. And, and, and you see, like, like the first year, junior year, you could, you could check off some of them. And so I pick out the classes, and I go, and I, and I stand in line, and there's this table. Miss Lindley's on the left, and I don't even know who's on the right. And I was like, well, I know Miss Lindley, and, and I'll get it to her. And, and I stand in line and go off, and I'm like, here. And, and she looks at me, looks at the classes, looks at me, and no, and rips up my paper. <laughs> and, and, and she says, here, here's another one, and I'm going to check these classes for you. You can check the rest of them. Because those classes are too easy. Those classes are beneath you. You're smarter than that. See, see, Miss Lindley was not only my, my algebra teachers and math teachers and stuff all throughout um, high school, but she was also my, my junior high teacher. In seventh and eighth grade, when, when I first moved to, the, moved to uh, Oklahoma, I, I started to go to school there, and, and I would beat up myself. I'd be hard on myself. I talked down about myself, that I couldn't do it, that, that I wasn't smart enough. And Miss Lindley was always the person that, that would stand there and begin to quote scripture over me. But no, Billy, 
You're a child of God. You're created in his image. He shaped you and he formed you in your mother's womb. The, the knowledge that you have is, is, is the knowledge that he wants you to have. And he wants that to grow inside of you. You can do it. She would say that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You can do all things through Christ. As he will give you the strength to do this. And he will see you through it. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he will walk beside you as you take this class as you take this test, as you study for this, as you do your due diligence, he will be there and he will help bring things to your remembrance. And just as much as in seventh grade that I needed that in eighth grade, I also need it ninth and 10th and 12th. So, so anyway, she tears it up, checks other classes. You know, I thought I'd beat her in my senior year because there were two people at the table. I lined up on the right side. She didn't care. She reached, she looked over and, and I like pulled the paper out of the person that was sitting next to in the chair and still tore that sucker up and still told me, you know, these are the classes you're going to take. I thought I was going to be able to slack off in my senior year, but Miss only made sure that that wasn't the case. Because what she knew that, that I didn't know at the time and I want all of us to kind of begin to realize today is that the life you have is the reflection of the thoughts that you think. She knew that if she could get the word of God in me, that she knew if, if, that if she could tell me what God thinks about me, what he says about me, what he speaks over me, that things would begin to change. I don't think I would be sitting here because the things that I would believe about myself are those th same things, that you can't trust, you won't succeed, you'll always be broke, you're never going to amount to anything, that God doesn't care about you, that you're disqualified, that the things that you've done, the mistakes that you've made, you are not worthy. And brick after brick, the enemy tries to build up those walls around us. I believe there's hope today, because I believe when we change our thinking, we can change our lives. Because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You ever notice that? You ever notice that what you think on, how you focus, what you, how you wake up, my, my day is going to be bad today. And then it ends up bad. <laughs> Sometimes it'll end up bad when you didn't think it was going to end up bad. But, but most of the time you're going you're gonna to begin to think critical thoughts and then you're going to develop this critical spirit and everything's going to be bad that's going on in your life. You can be hurt by people. You can believe that you can't trust anybody. And so, you know, go to a life group. Go and talk about Scripture. Go and talk about our life. Go and talk about what we're going through. No, I don't need that because those people are going to spread bad things about me, not be there to help me, not be there to help bring healing into my situations. If you're wondering, you know, is this me? Like, we've, we've pulled up some Facebook posts of just your Facebook feed for the last week. I know, some of you guys have got nervous, right? Like, oh! Just my feed, everything that I posted. How many stinking cat pictures can be there, right? Like, hey, what is, is going on? What You're going to post all my stuff? But really, if you just went back, and, and you can do it. You can just go and look at your feed. Go and look at what you're projecting, because that's probably lined up with your thoughts. Lined up with what's going on in your life. Proverbs 23, 7 put it a little bit better than just our Facebook feed. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. I found that you can't have a positive life when you have a negative mind. 
That we need to focus on his ways. No matter what we do, no matter what we have, no matter who we love, no matter what we buy, no matter where we live, no matter what we drive, no matter where we've traveled to. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Loving God with our minds means that we focus on his ways. The mind that follows Jesus should strive to both think of Christ and to live like Christ in every situation. And I don't, I don't get that from myself. I get that from this verse where it says, rejoice in the Lord always. He reminds us and says, again, I say rejoice, just in case like that whole always kind of threw you off. Like, like okay, and always, in all things, I'm supposed to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And it says and. Everybody say and. You guys know that's a conjunction, <laughs> like conjunction, junction, watch out, function. It's to join those two things together. Sometimes we want the peace of God, like it says there. Like we'll ask God for peace. We'll, we'll ask God for situations, for there to be peace in the situations, but we won't do this first part where it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. Thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, when I, when I tend to be anxious about something, that's the last, time, that, that's the last moment I want to be thankful. <laughs> I want to be caught up in, in, my, in my will. I want to be caught up in my emotions. I want to be caught up in my storm. I want to be caught up in my anxiety. I want to be caught up in my fear. I want to be caught up in me not being able to, to control it. But really, when we, when we stop and give thanksgiving to God, begins to flip that and begins to reverse it. begins to tell, it begins to set our mind on the things above, not on things on the earth. It begins to tell ourselves that he is ultimately in control, that he is that way maker, that he is the one that will make a way where there seems to be no way. When we're worried and anxious about it, though, we don't tend to think of those things. But it says that by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I had a very real example of this going on this, this week as I was sitting down talking with a, a, a gentleman about parenting. Right? Like, like this is, like, as, as parents, we can tend to focus on the negative, and I'm just as guilty as that. And so, so I was talking to this guy about, about his son, and, and, and he went to the freezer. The, the dad went to the freezer, and he was excited to go to the freezer because it was time to get that beautiful pint of ice cream that he remembered was in there, right? Like, you, you've done this as a parent. You've gone to get that thing that you saved just for yourself, and then you realize your kids stole it, right? <laughs> never, never, right? Whatever it may be, like, my, my wife, like, hides Girl Scout cookies in her dresser drawer for this very reason, because she knows that the kids will eat her lemon cookies, right? And, and, and so she hides them. But, but so he goes to the freezer, opens up the freezer, and the pint of ice cream is gone. It's like, honey, did you eat the pint of ice cream? She's like, no, Dad. why would I eat the whole pint of ice cream? Well, could have been a rough day. But, but, um, but they go, and, and she's like, no, I didn't eat it. And he's like, well, where is it? Did you put it away in the freezer? Is it there? And, and, and there's, this, there's this back and forth, and, and, and then... Then 
the idea of maybe my kids ate that ice cream, right? We've all had that moment. My kids, I know. He turns and asks his son, did you eat the ice cream? And just flat out, nope. Right? You've had that moment too, right? And then he, and he rephrased his question, did you take the ice cream? He said, yep. <laughs> and, and as all of us parents, like that, that boiling point begins to like, get there and we're, we're, we're all there and we're like, well, well, where is it? In the laundry room. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like the, the son had taken it and he had taken it out of the freezer and, and tra- taken it to the laundry room and, and was trying to get, he was having problems with the cellophane wrapper. And, and, and so as, as all kids, like, like, I can't get it, I can't get it, I can't get it, well, I'll leave it here, right? <laughs> and, and then just goes and, and goes about his own, own business. And, and, and there was this anger that was, that was very evident while, while the dad was telling me this story. And I said, let's slow down just a little bit because let's look at the good things in the story. Your son told the truth, right? He could have just lied and said he never took it, never seen it, never, doesn't know anything about it, but no. He did tell you that he did take the ice cream out of the freezer. He did, did tell you that it's in the laundry room and just in case you want to find it, right? Like, he, he, he did tell you the truth. Haven't you been trying to work on that with him for a few months now? Many times we can, we can get so caught up in the emotions that we'll, we'll miss out on the good things that even are happening. Yes, there was something that was done that shouldn't have happened There was also some good parts in that. The truth came out. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, think on these things. Sometimes we got to dig for those things, right? See, we've seen so far that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. That we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take ca- captive every thought to make it obedience of Christ. We, we take it captive to show it, it who's, who's his boss, right? Like, it's not you. That, that, that God is actually in control. So, so even though that all the other brothers can't deny and that when that girl walks in with the itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get your Bible, You get your Bible, right? We, 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 begin to, we, we begin to take what this world, we're not fighting the way this world, the war, the way the world is fighting. We're not thinking the way this world is going. We're going to say, you know what? This is not where I want to go. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to take this situation. This is where I want to take this thought. You know what? I, I, I found this out at usually at 2 a.m. Laying in bed worrying about the future, having anxiety attacks, panic attacks, wondering about what the future may hold, wondering if, you know, if, if I'm going to be able to do any of these things that God has called me to do. And what I found out when I laid there, but more so when I laid on my couch, is that the devil hates losing. Because I found, it was about a couple years ago, that anxiety was getting the best of me. 
I was finding that I couldn't sleep. I was averaging about two to 2.1 hours a night. That I would lay there on the bed and my mind would continue to race, continue to worry, continue to, to, to be afraid of what the future may hold, as if I was in charge of the future to begin with. And the best way that I found to combat that is to open my Bible, to, to focus on God's word, to begin to not just pray for me, not just to begin to worry about me, to begin to lift others up in prayer. To begin to write a list of who I can pray for and then actually pray for them instead of just like in, in our like Christianese, like, oh, I'll pray for you. Yes, I will. Yep, I'll like this. I'll heart this. Like, I will pray for this. Like, but actually write that down and actually do that. Sit down and begin to pull up sermons and begin to watch sermons and, and learn and begin to address some of the other shortcomings in my life. <laughs> and soon, I'd say about two to three weeks, my sleeping patterns begin to change as, as if like this resist the devil and he will flee like actually started to work. Like, hey, I'm losing this battle. This, this temptation of, uh, and this anxiety and this fear that I'm placing on him that is not from God, that is straight from the enemy, that is coming out of nowhere in the middle of the night that many of us are probably struggling with as well, that, that just keeps coming on us and coming over us and that we lay in, there in dead sweats of how are we ever going to handle this? I begin to set my mind on the... Th- on the word of God and the things of God and begin to pray for the people of God. And the enemy was like, well, I'm strengthening this guy's faith. I'm, I, I, like, I'm strengthening his walk with God. I can't do that. Like, that is not something I want to do. And so he began to back off. I still got to put him in his place at times. But only God's word can put him in his place. And only God's word can put our mind in its place as well. The same lustful thoughts, it's that scripture. Oh, that's my sister. Oh, shouldn't have those thoughts. That's weird. See, that dynamos of God's word, taking captive every thought that sets itself up against the word of God. I found that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. When you think I'm not good enough, you, when you think I'm not smart enough, when you think that I can't do this, and when, you, when, you, when you begin to live and feed off of those insecurities, you begin to jump right back into that prison, right back into those strongholds. And, and God's word is that, that dynamite power. Because I don't know about you, there's been plenty of times in my life, plenty of seasons where I wasn't happy about the direction. I needed to change my thoughts. I needed to set my mind on the word of God and on the will of God. Because in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. That his divine power, not the things of this world, will give us the strength. Not, the, not, not the, our, our jobs will give us the money, or, or our spouse will give us the faith, or the loving that we need. But it says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. And then there was this weird verse. Like, I, I'm not a, like a big, like, Lamentations reader. Like, it, like, has to show up in my Bible reading plan for me to even, like, remember where it's at. Like, but Lamentations 3.19 says, I remember my affliction and my wandering. 
the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Let's pause right there, because we can be right there. I can be right there. Like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But what about that thing that happened? What about that struggle that I have? What about that problem? What about that addiction? What about that abuse that happened? How, how, could, how could I ever get past that, the bitterness and the gall? But verse 21 says, yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. We don't have to be consumed by the worry, by the doubt, by the anxiety, by the pain, by the hurt, by the disappointment that, that has happened through this life. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed by it. We are still here. Like, if you're not dead, God's not done. Like, you are still here. You're not consumed by it. It means he still has a plan. That means he still has a purpose for you and his compassion will never fail. But loving God with all our minds, that we focus on his ways. We focus on his ways. And I added a second part, that we take time to know what we believe and why we believe it. That's what we're doing right now. We're, we're, we're taking the time to take in God's word. Sometimes, like many times, like we can't live off of just one meal a week, right? We've got to continue to take in that word. We, we, we've got to have it as, as a balanced diet. We've, we, we, we've got to be involved with others. We've got to do life with others. We do that a lot through life groups. One-on-one -on -one time with God and his word, supplemental materials that, that, we, that we share throughout the week, learning from others and how they overcome, taking time to know what we believe, but then we put it into practice. Not just to hear it, not just to be like, oh, well, that sounds pretty good, Pastor Billy. Proud of you. Yay. Good job, Pastor Billy. Yay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you don't know what I'm afraid of. You don't know what I've done. I don't. But I'm wondering if you don't know God like I do because he can overcome all that. He is bigger and more powerful than whatever we've done, whatever we've faced, whatever abuse has been there, Whatever we deal with, can we begin to elevate God's words over our words, over others' words? Loving God with our mind means we both focus on his ways. We set our minds on things above, not on things here on the earth. And we take that time to know what we believe and why we believe it. So what we're doing over all of 2020. It's, it's what we're, we're starting at the beginning of Genesis and going through Revelation and saying, what does this, how does this apply to our life? What does this make sense in, in our lives? What is this entire story that God is trying to tell us? And week after week saying, we're gonna be dedicated to finding out both Old Testament and New Testament and, and let him walk us through this story and, and speak to us. And say, God, we wanna know your word from beginning to end, more than we know our words. We want to know your plans more than we know our plans. 
Because you're painting a picture here, and, and we understand that we're just a part of it. Today, as we close, I know, I talked really fast today. But today, as we close, there's a, there's a song that, that Craig sang much better than me um, just a couple weeks ago. And it's a song called Nothing Else. And, and it, to me, encapsulates this whole, our mind. Because our mind can go everywhere else, right? We can focus on everything else. We can be bombarded with everything else. But this song says, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. When, when you think about that, or when I think about that, I, I think of the, uh, of the prostitute that's laying down at Jesus' feet. Nothing else matters than taking this perfume out and serving the one I love. It says, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do, I just want you. Many times we've chased after everything and, and, and everything in this world, and I don't know about you, I've chased after plenty of it and came up empty. Maybe, maybe today we, we, we tell God, it's, it's, it's just you. I want to love you with my whole heart. I want to love you with my whole soul, with my whole mind, with all the doubts and the worry. I, I, I want to push those things aside because it goes through and it says, I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. You know, we can do that. We can make our Sunday services and stuff. We can make it just like, okay, I'm here, showed up, some good bagels, yeah, some coffee. This this is good stuff. I enjoy my time here. Yeah, these songs. Do we really sing them to God? Or we just sing them like a karaoke machine on the screen? Do, Do we really focus on God? Do we really mean the words? Martin Luther was always one who would say, don't sing the songs if you're just going to lie to God. Actually mean the words that you say. Mean the words that we sing. And so when we say, I'm sorry, I've just gone through the motion. I'm sorry. When I just sang another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Many times we open up our heart to plenty of other things. Can we open it up to God? Say, God, you're the one. I've I've placed plenty of other things in front of you. I've chased after plenty of things in this life, but God, I just want you. So I'm sorry when I come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Can we just be caught up in his presence and I'm glad that we have plenty of extra time to just focus on him today not worry about the person in front of us behind us just tell God that we want him that we need him we want to set not just our heart our soul but our mind block out all the things of this world set our mind on him Maybe we could start by just thanking him, coming, coming to him with thanksgiving. It is the week of thanksgiving. I didn't even put those things together. I should have. That would have been smart. Like the week of thanksgiving, and I started off with a verse that talks about thanksgiving. Man, if you guys had a smarter pastor, that would have happened. But can we just... Can we just, Emily's just going to play the intro here for a while because I'm not picking up my guitar yet, Emily. (laughs) 
Can we just thank him for the big things and the little things? For the meaningless things. I talked about in the first service that many times I'll get mad at the traffic that I'm sitting in only to find out that there was a car accident ahead of me and only to then thank God that I wasn't in that car accident. That I wasn't running. That I wasn't driving too fast. That I wasn't caught up in that mess. Sometimes the mess or the jam that we're caught up in right now is preventing us from being in the mess that we thought we wanted to be in, right? Can we just thank him for who he is, for what he's done? If you think he's done nothing for you, he died on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Like, like the song says, you know, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. He doesn't owe us anything. But like a, like a loving father, he still wants to bless his children over and over again. Can we just thank him for who he is today? leaving paradise to to come and live and as an example for us to show us what, what your love truly is Holy Father we stand here we sit here today we gather today in thankfulness of who you are God you're you're working we don't see it when we don't feel it God in our own lives in our own hearts in our relationships you're working you never stop working God God, in my own life, I I thank you that you're my provider. And I'm not the provider for anything in my life. It's all because of you. The breath that you give me time and time again, the words that you give me time and time again, life that can flow in and through me. God, for me, children. For my wife. For those foster babies. 
the elders, for these musicians that are sitting here wondering when we're going to start the song. God, for the people that come week after week that join together and look towards you. God, we just want you. I don't want to strive after the things that this world has to offer. Many of us have, and we've, we've come up empty. We just want you. God, we're thankful for that job. We're thankful for that jerk of a boss. Thankful for the person that works to the left of us, to the right of us. We thank you for the people that call in angry and storm into our office. God, we thank you for the storms that may be going on in our lives because without them, we may not even be looking towards you today. We thank you for the vision that you've given some of us that it's only going to happen if we trust in you and follow after you. We thank you for the gifts and the talents. the hardships. God, everything that we've ever faced in our lives, even the bad things that, that you've begun to turn for your good, that we thought that it was, it was horrible when we were going through it. We thought it was horrible when it was after we held on to the bitterness and the unforgiveness for so long. God, you're even taking that evil thing that happened to us. You're using it for your good. We're able to speak into those lives that are broken, that are hurt, to those that are in that same bitterness, in that same mess. And we're able to show them who you are and how you're calling them out of that darkness and into your marvelous light. Father, help us be thankful for who you are, what you've done, what you're going to do. We just want